we were having a moment. <laughs> Welcome to Pastor. Oh, it's not well. <laughs> Pastoring out loud is pot. No, that's him. This is Pastoring Out Loud. This is Pastoring Out Loud, a podcast for Bethlehem Baptist Churches, <laughs> South Campus in Lakeville, Minnesota. Are you interested in learning more about our church? Go to Bethlehem.church forward slash location forward slash south dash campus. I might keep that in there. That was great. Yeah, I might I might do that. <laughs> well, Dave, hey, what was the last movie you saw in a theater? Wow. Um, it's been a while, probably. It was, it was a kids' movie. Um, I can remember it was it, it was in the I remember it was at the that uh, the Paragon Theater in Burnsville. In Burnsville. Okay. And oh, it was uh, it was the whatever the last Frozen movie is. Frozen two. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. Frozen two. Yep, I remember that. Ushering in a whole new wave of annoying sounds by our our children. Is that what happened? Or you, uh, yeah, do you, Iris, do you sing along with your girls, with your boys. We uh, yeah, Iris and I. Uh, we never bought the soundtrack for the second one. Oh, okay, we did buy the soundtrack for the first one, sure. or it was given to us or something. And Iris has one song she sings with Kelly, where it's like Anna and Elsa, and they each have their parts. Okay, and then she has okay. Way to go. one song, her and I sing together, yeah. which always kind of bothers me because it's with that. Who's the Who's the guy that's the traitor? And I have to like sing oh, his the bat, part. The, yeah, um, is it Hans? Is Hans? The no, traitor? Hans isn't the traitor. Is he a good guy? Prince. Oh no, it is Prince Hans. Prince yeah. Hans, right? That's yeah. right. Yeah, Prince Hans. So I have to sing his part now. We just feel bad. Yeah. Next. And we all like to sing the snowman song together. So Do you want to build a snowman? That one? No, the one that the snowman actually sings. Oh, I I can't remember. Yeah, I can't either. But yeah, that's gotten lots of plays. So that that was it, and that was a long time ago. Who goes to the theater anymore? I went last night. You did? Yeah. What'd you see? Tenet. Tenet? Yeah, Chris Nolan's new movie. I don't know what that is. Uh, Chris Nolan is a director. He did the Dark Knight movies. He did Interstellar. He did Dunkirk. It's kind of a science fiction spy movie that was oh. really intense, really good, and super confusing. Oh. It was The sound mix was uh, uh, way heavy on the bass and the music and low on the dialogue. Oh. And there's plenty of exposition, so it was good. I, good. I enjoyed it for what it was. So. Good. Frozen 2 and Tenet, everybody. So, Dave, we're here talking <laughs> about the doctrine of the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, and last time we um, left off just talking about baptism and how baptism leads into membership, both just it is membership. Mm-hmm. Being baptized is like you're being brought into the body of Christ, and mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. spiritually speaking, we'd say, you know, I say this whenever I'm in the uh, the baptismal down there, like we are doing this because we believe that spiritually speaking, Jesus has already done this to you. That you're right. already by faith dead and alive with Christ, and we're just putting the sign on the thing that's mm-hmm. already there. Mm-hmm. Um, but now we're here talking about membership, and so in as much as we talk about um, baptism. And membership. Uh, do you think it's uh, do you think it's just right to say that uh, anybody who's baptized, um, physically baptized, is just a member of the Big C Church? And then, what does it look like at our church to become a member? Or why do we do it even the way that we do it? 
Yes, to your first question. I suppose that they are just a member of the Big C Church if they've been baptized. And we just keep making the case over and over again that the main way Big C Church membership gets worked out, even in the New Testament, is local expressions and, and you know, you know, you hear the, the argument a lot, well, membership's not in the New Testament. Um, and I just, I think that's, that's true. The word maybe isn't in the New Testament the way we talk about it, uh, but neither is Trinity. Um, and we still, we're still wholehearted Trinitarians. And so the way I would make the case, um, maybe first for why we think that's there, and then we could talk about why we do it is, uh, the, the reason we think it's there is that we see, um, and we've talked a lot about this in 2020 Vision, we see these local expressions, and maybe one of the the most fun ways we see it in the New Testament is you can go Did to... Did you say fun? Fun. Fun. I love the Bible. The Bible is fun. Okay. Hit, uh, you go to some fun. You go to Acts 20, uh, 28, which we talked about a ton, which we see explicitly is Paul going to address not just elders... But the Ephesian elders, the, the elders of this church in Ephesus, and we, we see him giving this command to, to pay careful attention to the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made them overseers. And so they have this responsibility to a certain group of people. They're not, they're not responsible for all the Christians. They're responsible for the Christians at this church in Ephesus. And then we get the benefit of we can go and read Ephesians. Mm-hmm. which is Paul's letter yeah. to the Ephesian church. And we can then begin to see, you know, really in chapter 4, how do you walk in a manner worthy of the gospel? And almost everything we see in chapters 4 and 5 is one another's, yeah. how yeah. we relate to one another. And so I think that we... So, so the reason we would say uh, it is essential, we see it in the New Testament, you should be a member of a local church, is that we see local leadership and those leaders really do need to know, who am I accountable for? Who am I keeping track of? And and if you're a member, you need to know, who are my leaders? Who am I uh, submitting to? Who am I following? And then, in all these one another's, uh, you need to know who you're accountable to do those one another's to as well. And and that doesn't mean uh, we don't want to be you know, so narrow that we'd say, well, don't ever do acts of love to anyone outside of the South Campus. It just means that we have kind of this primary calling to one another in a covenant relationship in this local expression of right. the big C thing. Right, right. So we have six membership uh, covenants that uh, both uh, in written form and then verbally say that we commit to one another. And um, I think at times uh, we see those on Covenant Affirmation Sundays, yep. but then they're not often like thought of again mm-hmm. um, at, at other, other times, other junctures. So if baptism is like welcome to the family and membership is actually like working like out, I'm part of this family. Mm-hmm. Um, so what What is being part of the family then? So you talk about one another's of scripture, mm-hmm. Ephesians 4 mm-hmm. and 5. And even the, you know, you keep going on, First and Second Timothy mm-hmm. is a letter to an Ephesian elder, yep. Timothy, yep, Timothy, talking about how to equip people to do the one another's. That's right. And then, you know, Revelation 2, part of that is a letter to yep. Ephesus. Yep. You've lost your first love. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. We probably have more data about the Ephesian church in the New Testament than any other mm-hmm. church. Um, and so what would we say then in addition to those one another's of Scripture? One another 
what? Doing doing what to one another? And what are the responsibilities then of of members of churches? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, again, there's so many there's so many different ways you could go with it. I suppose um, you could go to somewhere like First Corinthians twelve. And you could, you could say one of the responsibilities of the members is in this covenant community they're a part of to exercise their gifts. So we think all believers have gifts given to them by God, that God is sovereignly placing his people and equipping his people with the gifts they need for their local context, for the building up of one another in love, and for the spread of the gospel. And so, you know, one one thing that we've tried to emphasize the last couple of years here is, man, this church thing is not a spectator sport so you've got gifts and we need you to get in the game because we can't be all that the lord wants us to be if you're not exercising your gifts and and sometimes we get paralyzed what is my gift what what should i be doing and i always tell people just just do things Uh, dive in and you'll figure out what your gifts are so so one way to say is you know we have a responsibility to exercise our gifts for the building up of the body for the the spreading of the gospel Another uh, important part of it is a lot of what we've emphasized is blood-bought family kind of thing where we're, we're saying, hey, we're, we're accountable to one another. Yep. Uh, we're, we're, to, we're to encourage one another in the faith, to build each other up, to, to confess our sins to one another. That's James 5. Uh, to pray for one another, to, um, to have relationships uh, where we can be honest and confess sin and Go after Jesus together. Um, so that's another aspect. So you have the using your gifts. You have the um, holding each other accountable, living life together, and those obviously overlap. And then I think uh, you have the the part that we the other part of 2020 we've been emphasizing is you know we have these strategy meetings or family meetings, whatever whatever we want to call them. And uh, the latter, the latter the family. Latter. We talked about Thanks, Peter Thorpe. Stra- Family strategy meetings. Uh, family business meetings. Family, uh, Fa- strategical family business meetings. That's right. Where uh, the reason we're trying to, to move to having those at our our specific campuses is that we, we see these local expressions uh, here, and we want to have our members be engaged in you know, choosing or affirming their elders that the elders put forward and affirming one another as members and doing church discipline because we think all that's supposed to take place in the context of relationship and care for each other and love for each other. And so um, that's, that's, another, that's another thing I'd say as well is, is that the, the church members would have this responsibility, I think we can see in the New Testament, to... Uh, you know, affirm their leadership and to hold their leadership accountable to be faithful to the Bible. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. so all that's a case for more of a formal kind of membership. And at very least, the way that Baptist churches have done that have been like a, a voluntary um, signed covenant um, between a person and, and fellow members, not between a person and the leadership, mm-hmm. right, but mm-hmm. like a, a mutuality in, mm-hmm. in that. Um, and he just essentially made a case for why formally become a member so mm-hmm. you already are a member of the big c mm-hmm. church mm-hmm. as a mm-hmm. as a uh, somebody who's believed mm-hmm. in christ mm-hmm. um and then to formally become a member is both biblical we think mm-hmm. and 
maybe the way in which we do it at Bethlehem with these six particular covenants and you're signed and we know who the members are mm -hmm. that are gathered. Mm -hmm. So that's probably a wisdom call. Sure. Right. Completely. Yeah. yeah. So I think I think some people, um, I was part of a church at one point, actually, before I was a Christian, when we were in our, uh, I think, church kind of wandering days when my, my family, my parents were Christians, but I was not yet. Um, you know, we went to a church that they kind of thought that by being there, that they kind of had... Uh, the right to discipline and to think of you as a member just merely by you walking in the door and coming regularly, um, which we would not say. We would not say that that's um, that we are responsible in the mm -hmm. same way mm -hmm. we're accountable to or others should be accountable to us mm -hmm. um, just for anybody that might come through the door. Mm -hmm. But for those that specifically say, I want to be accountable mm -hmm. and I want to hold others mm -hmm. accountable as well. Mm -hmm. So it's a it's an affirmation of one another's membership in the gospel. That's right. So I think That's in the right. same way that um, you know, uh, uh, being a citizen of our country is something conferred on us by birth. Right. And yet, if I'm going to be known as a citizen of my country anywhere else in the world, I need a passport. Right. And I'm not going to be recognized. Uh, well, maybe my uh, my brash ways. And my accent would give me away uh, internationally. Um, but uh, to be formally recognized by another country as an American mm -hmm. and to, you know, mm -hmm. with privileges mm -hmm. of that American citizenship, mm -hmm. I need a passport. Yep. And I think that's very much what local church membership is like, is it's a passport. Um, similarly with, yep. uh, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a uh, conferring of a formal status that's actually already true. Yep. It's just recognizing that it's true. So what responsibilities formally do we actually ask people at Bethlehem to have? Like our particular, um, you know, version of membership or the, the, just uh, how we think it's wise for members to be involved. What do we ask for members to do here at Bethlehem? Yeah, I mean, we have a, like you, you talked about, we have a membership covenant. And uh, one of the things I keep encouraging people to do is to actually go and read that and uh, reread the promises once in a while. One thing we've tried to do to even encourage those things is that we send out uh, an email to about 20 member households every month to check in and see how things are going. And we've been attaching uh, the, the membership covenant to that, just reminding them um, just of, of what they're called to, you know, and there's, there's different parts of that. You know, there's a, there's relational, uh, what are they called? Relational commitments, commitments. Yep. relational commitments. There's a, uh, you know, a doctrinal section on it where we ask you to affirm some certain beliefs. Yeah. Um, and so, so it's, it's things like that. And like you said, it's, it's just us trying to facilitate and help our people think yep. wisely really about all these one and others that we already talked about yeah. in the New Testament. Yeah, so the membership covenant is an actual, I'm committing with each other to do these things all the way mm -hmm. up to, mm -hmm. I'm committing to when I leave from here, I'm going to find a mm -hmm. like-minded church. Mm -hmm. The relational commitments are more of a, this is how the elders have agreed to pastor the church. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. you're acknowledging that you're aware that the elders are, are mm -hmm. doing that. Less mm -hmm. so, all these commitments are commitments. I, myself... Um, uphold in total because uh, mm -hmm. there's different things in regards to conviction or other things like that. You mentioned then 
the doctrinal statement, which is mm-hmm. um, you know several points. It's more of a, um, uh, a statement of orthodoxy mm-hmm. um, writ mm-hmm. large. It is not the elder affirmation of faith. It is right? not. So, no. and I think that's an interesting thing that we have a statement of faith that we ask the members to sign, mm-hmm. and yet there's also a statement of faith that the elders mutually together agreed upon. Why do you think that's helpful? Could that be challenging? Is that a what are the pros and cons of having two statements of faith, one for members and then one for elders? Yeah, I would just start by saying I really appreciate it. Um, and the reason I appreciate it is that, uh, and I think you and I are both in this camp, that we both love the particulars that Bethlehem believes in. We both love the the emphasis on the sovereignty of God and salvation and Christian hedonism and uh, continuationism, all, all these doctrines that we just love. And yet, you know, as we're preaching through First Peter, for example, uh, there's going to be all sorts of agreement that someone could have that maybe isn't in the same place as us on continuationism. Right. And maybe isn't in the same, maybe they're like, I don't like the phrase Christian hedonism or whatever. And we would just want to be able to say to them, hey, uh, you're welcome to be here and yeah. be a member with us. And you don't have to, you don't have to love everything in the Elder Affirmation of Faith. And I, I think it's helpful because we want to be, you know, as as inclusive as we think is biblically faithful. Um, the challenges come, maybe I can just give an example. Um, sometimes, because we're not always just teaching uh, 24-7 on what the Elder Affirmation of Faith is and therefore how we're going to lead and how we're going to teach, although it's always available uh, online or wherever you want to get it, um, sometimes people could be here a while, maybe not know what we're about. So, you know, I even talked to someone last year who was, had been here quite a long time and they didn't know that our official position was continuationism, that we still believe in all the, all the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And it was a little unsettling to them because they, they went, well, we didn't, we didn't know that. We'd never really heard it talked about here. And I mean, we're talking not months that they'd been here, but, but years, um, I think, more than five. And so, so that's where the challenge can come in is that, you know, how, how do we at least make the elder affirmation of faith and how we're going to lead and teach and pray and process as leaders out there enough that, that someone who's reading our, just our church membership covenant would, um, would, would know what they're getting into uh, in some measure. I think when, maybe when pastor John was here, he was so, widely known that maybe we just kind of thought, well, everyone's going to know what he thinks because they're going to go desiring God and, and know that. But maybe, you know, the, the further we get away from him being the regular person in the pulpit, the more we might even need to think about how do we let people know these things that we are still yep. about and have yep. been about for 35 years. Yep. Yeah, I think it is helpful because it's a truth and advertising thing, right? That's right. So you can know what your leaders think at a deeply theological church and know the way they're going to teach, the way that they're going to disciple you, and not make that then the litmus test for Christian right. faithfulness in total. That's right. So you can be uh, a member here and not be a Calvinist. Yep. You can be a member here and be a cessationist. You believe the, the mm-hmm. gifts have stopped. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a whole host of things. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, that, that there's room for, that we will say as elders, we want to disciple you in a direction. And, you know, if you're not convinced of this, I mean, it's not really us, right. ultimately, that we, we think teaches this or um, that we think we are ultimately responsible for convincing, persuading people mm-hmm. of the deeper things that we believe as elders. It's ultimately up to the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. and you know we're Protestants, so that's right. We we uh, this is uh, in the elder affirmation of faith. It's in the statement of faith. We acknowledge we could be wrong, right? And we could be wrong. This is how we right. understand the scriptures. Um, you know, this is the deeply held theology we've had for a long time at Bethlehem, um, and we could be wrong, right? And so right. The, the possibility of um, just uh, you know we could be in error. Uh, in this, but these are things that are not the highest health things, not the first tier things, not the second tier things, but more third tier, like mm-hmm. important still, mm-hmm. but not necessarily, mm-hmm. um, you know, coextensive with faithfulness. Yeah. Anything else you'd say about membership at Bethlehem, Dave, or membership in general? I mean, maybe just one. One comment just from conversations I've had over the years as a pastor is I know um, this can be hard for people because of just bad experiences they've had at other places. You know, that membership, it's, it's hard to want to join again because, man, I've been hurt by the church. And I just want to say two things about that. One, you know, we are, we're sad that people get hurt in the church. We don't want people to get hurt in the church. We don't want leadership to be... Uh, domineering. It's actually explicitly commanded against um, in the Bible. And the second thing I'd say is, if, if that's you and you're afraid, you've been here a long time, and uh, and you're afraid of of what that could mean, uh, I, I just would love just to invite conversations. We'd love to talk to you. We think we think membership is good for your soul and your walk with Jesus, and so we would really want to have conversations with you about what happened and we'd be happy to talk through even man how does how does counseling happen at the south campus how does how does discipline work itself out at the south campus how does how do all these things work themselves out so that we can address kind of maybe where your fears are and hopefully be a place where you could heal up and not uh not need to be as afraid from that pain that you've had and and with the recognition, like like Daniel's already said, with you know our doctrine, we could be wrong, and we know that we will fail in our pastoring too, uh, f- for sure. But hopefully, we'll be a, a leadership that repents quickly, and we would love to love to talk to you who are hurting and haven't felt like you can join membership because you're hurting. Yeah, yeah, amen. Good pastoral work to close on. Throughout this series, we are giving away books uh, that kind of line up with the topics that we're doing each week. And this week for church membership, we have a book called Church Membership by Jonathan Lehman. Uh, it's another part, it's a, uh, another book in the same series that the Jeremy Rennie book that we uh, gave away a couple weeks ago is in the one on church elders. So it's just a simple, it's a, a little over 100 pages, yeah, 130 or so pages, just on the doctrine uh, and the scriptures regarding church membership and particularly in a Baptist context. So if you're interested in uh, getting this book, I've got a copy for you, I'll leave it at the office. Just email me, daniel.visbicky at bethlehem.church. Thanks for joining us today. Pastoring Out Loud is a podcast for Bethlehem Baptist Church's South Campus in Lakeville, Minnesota. 
Are you a member at South Campus? There's a topic or a scripture you'd like to hear addressed. Email the office at southoffice at bethlehem.church.